we are coping with big problems through music. And for me personally, we just recently lost a baby. And so through the process of miscarriage, I've been able to find a lot of solace in my music, just sitting in my sanctuary, my music room. And so I've, I've grieved, I've learned to cope, I've learned to feel hope in sadness through music. We talk a lot about finding that space in your home where everyone gathers and feels the most welcome. For my guest today, that place is the music room. Sarah Davies is a creative music teacher and owner of The Piano Place. She believes any child can learn if they're willing to work hard. Today, Sarah is sharing her tips to help parents bring the power of music home. Welcome to Heart of the Home, a podcast exploring the personal histories that inspire our surroundings, candid conversations about the stories behind the pretty pictures, tales of design and renovations gone wrong and right, because a home isn't just a structure filled with themes, it's the people who live there. So join me as we explore the unique stories that help each of us find our way home. Hi, Sarah. Hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming in. Uh, you were telling me that we have a connection that I didn't know about. I used to work with your dad loosely. Yes, right? through KSL, yeah. My dad is Matt Townsend. He goes on and does his little thing and he works, you know, he's reported there too a long time ago. But I didn't anyway. know that. Uh, yeah, so he did broadcast journalism and then it's just kind of evolved. He does like marriage counseling and stuff now. So I, d I had no idea that he majored in broadcast journalism. Yes, that was his journalism was his introduction like through the University of Utah and stuff so oh yeah well that explains why he's such a natural on TV then I know his his career has evolved and just to a perfect fit for him but it definitely started with journalism which is awesome okay well um first tell our viewers a little bit about you yeah, definitely. So um, I born and raised in Utah, live in Draper. We, um, my husband Brady and I, we started a business which is called The Piano Place. And I've just grown up loving music. Uh, I kind of grew up in a musical family, like our family prioritized music lessons from an early age. But I, it wasn't until I was like, probably in middle school that I really found that I loved it. I remember sitting in church one day listening to a girl play a piano solo and just like feeling that little stirring in my heart. Like, I love this. I want to do this more. So uh, background on me is I went on to audition for the Roof Restaurant. I don't know if you've been there. In I Salt have Lake. been there. Yeah. Yes. And they have the live pianist yes. there who you can request songs from. It's a a pretty well-known restaurant, mm -hmm. higher-end restaurant in downtown Salt Lake City that yes. overlooks downtown and Temple Square. Yeah. So I went there one time and I just, I saw the pianist and I, like I felt that same stirring. I'm like, I need to do that. I love it. So I, I worked really hard in high school to be able to do that. And then I auditioned and was hired and I worked there for about five years doing a couple shifts a week. Uh, loved that. I taught piano all growing up. Um, and then it kind of came to a point for us where we had our first baby and that was in 2015 and I had 70 students. I was teaching like full time and we were like, I can't continue this schedule without help. And so I hired a good friend of mine and we out of my house started teaching my 70 clientele, but our phone was just ringing off the hook. And so from there, we've kind of just grown and grown and grown. Um, and we now have, what were we saying? I think we have like seven locations right now and we have a couple that we're going to be launching in the next couple of weeks which we're excited about. I feel like this model of a location where you take 
your student and drop them off for a piano lesson and it's like a studio um, is not common. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why you're getting such a huge response because in the, you know, when we were growing up, piano lessons are, you have your, you know, you take your child to the neighbor down the street who teaches piano and you drop them off for, you know, 30 minute lesson and you wait outside and, and, uh, there isn't like a central location. It it, it seems like in the past, and I could be wrong because I'm not well-versed in piano. I mean, I took piano lessons for a very short time and yeah. my sister actually is quite a, a an accomplished pianist, but it, it the model, you guys have completely changed the model of piano lessons. Yes. Do you feel that way? You know, I, so as a teacher out of my home for years and years and years, I always felt like there was a more robust experience that was lacking in my home. The professionalism being one thing, but the other is I wanted to put on all these events. I wanted to do like a really built out incentive program where the kids got, you know, points to a store. I wanted to give my the parents data feedback in real time. And so through the piano place, we've been able to tackle those things. We now have a team of people. So we're constantly giving performance opportunities for our students, um, which is critical to having them convert their heart into their music, you know, and then other things too, like we've created an app, um, where in real time, our parents are going to receive an email with data from what happened in that lesson. Um, they're seeing progress bars. Like, it's kind of abstract. You know, music lessons, it's like, are you progressing? Are you not? And we have put metrics to that. And so you are progressing because we can see through this app that you have made it 80% through your, this book. And this past week, you progressed 7% by moving forward. So Anyway, I do think that we are changing and I think that it's providing a more robust experience Um, because, you know, did you take piano lessons? Like you kind of are in it, but it's hard. And like as a parent on the other end of it now these days, I I'm seeing like I'm having to fight my daughter sometimes to practice um, and we're just trying to fix everything we can, make it as fun and as exciting as we can so that we can keep the kids engaged and so that they can actually get good at their instrument. Yeah. And I, I think, man, getting your child to practice piano is, it's hard. We getting can do them a whole practice, episode. I yes. know. <laughs> getting them to practice anything is really hard. It is. What I love most about you providing so much feedback for parents is with each of my children's activities and lessons, mm-hmm. that is something that is totally lacking. Like I have a daughter that's really involved in dance. My oldest daughter is really involved in dance and tumbling. And you kind of like send them in there and then you're like a whole year goes by and you're <laughs> yeah. thinking, okay, I know they're progressing, but I don't know how they're progressing and I don't know exactly what they need to work on. Exactly. And I don't know how they're behaving in class. Like you have no idea. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you're kind of like walking blindly through this. So I, I appreciate so much that you're giving that feedback to parents. Yeah. And one of the other metrics we use is through performance. So we do these big recitals every year and that's where you're like as the parent you can see like the fruits of the labor it's like okay wow this is different and it's really cool as a teacher and as you know the owner of the studio to see kids that five years ago started in our basement who have continued and pushed through and persevered through these lessons and are now like amazing we're like wow this is working something about this is working and these kids are sticking with it and they are progressing and so it's kind of the payday for the parents to sit at those recitals and as another metric like wow okay this is working 
So anyway, yeah, we love we love what we do in that regard. Let's talk about um, why having music and instruments in your home is a good thing. You know, for for a, me and my husband both. I mean, I took piano lessons for a very short amount of time, and my parents. <laughs> Not to throw them under the bus here, but I was really young when they put me in piano lessons and I had a really good ear. And so I would have my teacher play it before she left and I'd memorize it and then I'd figure it out. So the next time I had my lesson, it would look like I was progressing, but I really was just memorizing the song and figure it out. Yes. Right. And so they pulled me out because I was so different from my sister who was very analytical and would just could do it the right way. Could do it the right way. Right. Unquote. Yeah. Right. And so I never went on. I never stick with stuck with piano. They pulled me out when I was really little and I never, ever went back. So I can't read music. I can't, I mean, kind of, I can kind of read music, but not very much. So how, as a parent who doesn't know a lot Mm -hmm. about piano, what are, what do you want to say to those parents who don't play instruments, but think it's important about why maybe they should have it in their home? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in a home with a mom who grew up musical. She played the violin. She played piano and came from a really musical family. Um, So obviously she was able to help me sit down and practice and kind of help me push through things like that, which was helpful. But I will tell you that the very most impactful thing to me was a non-musical dad who would come lay on the floor and say, play me a song, play me a song. And he, from a really young age, instilled such a confidence and a sense of identity in music for me he was he would compliment me you're so good play that one song I love and his support of just sitting on the floor and listening and encouraging me to play my music was just as helpful as a mom who could actually sit and walk me through the notes and so to any parent musical or not it's so important to remember that how we approach it is so important and so one tip that I'll give you is for your home if music is a priority for your home which I strongly encourage it to be approach it from a contractual agreement from the very beginning. So we with our daughter is in our home, we have the amazing opportunity to take music lessons and in our home, you will play until you can are proficient in all the hymns for our church. So our daughter, that's our expectation. And once she's proficient, she can be done. We've seen other students at our studio say five years. We're in this for five years. And there's a commitment up front where you're signing your name. It's binding. We're in this. We are doing it. Um, from there, it's amazing because the ebb, it will ebb and flow. You know, you're going to hit the ruts and it's hard and difficult sometimes. But it's just amazing what can happen when you're in it and your heart's in it. And then the parents can just support along the way. And we talk a lot about parent fatigue. And as a mom now with a daughter in the program, like I get that. It's hard to keep pushing the fighting and things, but it's if if we can keep it positive and make it part of our family's culture. I love the, you know, title of your podcast, Heart of the Home, because truly for us, the heart of our home is our music room. It's where we gather, it's where we showcase our talents, it's where we give and build our confidence in our kids. Um, just on Sunday, we had our entire extended family piled into our music room. And so, I don't know, as a parent, if you can just make it part of your culture, I think it is so beneficial 
to setting your kids up for success. I love that you've identified actually what the heart of your home is because we we sometimes have to ask a lot of questions with clients to figure that out. Um, but I love designing music rooms too. They're really fun to do. We have a client they, that they grew up in a girl band. And so we Amazing. hung yeah. up all of her childhood guitars and her husband plays the piano too. And so we figured all of that out. But um, what do you, first of all, does your husband play the piano? You know what? He's not. He does not. He does not play any instruments. He calls himself a music muggle and we love him for it. But he loves music. He knows he loves the Beatles. If you went outside and saw his license plate on his car right now, he's got the Abbey Road license plate because he he knows all the music. So I think it will be a similar dynamic where he's going to be supporting in a different way for a love of music in our home. Um. Let's talk about what kind of home you grew up in. You know, I knowing your dad in a different context, he seems like he was kind of a fun, a fun parent. But I'm I'm interested from your perspective what what kind of home you grew up in. Yeah, no, I grew up, I feel super blessed. Grew up in a very loving home. I'm the oldest of six kids. I have five little brothers. And um, I did my dad, honestly, though, if I were to get a speeding ticket, if you asked me who I would tell first, I would definitely tell my mom. My mom was a lot easier, you know, a softer landing for me. Um, But I appreciate that about my dad. We are very similar in how we think and how we act. Um, And so I was we would we would bash and butt heads a little bit stronger than my mom and I would. But I, I really, really have a deep sense of respect for who he is and his outlook on life. He's, I mean, a personal therapist, you know, he is a counselor and stuff. But for me specifically with just identifying my self-worth and things, I feel like I really gained that from him. So loving home, um, definitely focused on music. I have one brother who records and produces and writes and does his own music stuff. And then all my brothers dabble in music, but some were easier, less of a fight than others. <laughs> but overall, a really, yeah, really loving, really loving home with a love for music. When you got married, what kinds of conversations did you have with your husband early on about what kind of home that you guys wanted to create together? Yeah, we've talked about that a lot. So I got married at 19. We actually Ooh. were celebrating our eighth anniversary this week. Oh my God. Um, but so I'm only 27, but that's a lot of years. So I was 19 and we talked a lot about um, our home being a place of gathering. We love to have people in our home. We love to host. Um, I want it to be a safe, a clean, you know, environment for just anyone to always be able to drop by. Um, we actually, it's kind of funny, but we just bought his parents' house, kind of Jim and Pam from the office, our very own house. Uh, so we are renovating his parents' house right now. And it's been so fun to actually be able to make it your own and finally be able to have your own family traditions kind of roll out. You know, I have, I've talked to people before who have bought, um, one of their parents' homes and, I feel like it's so special, first of all. So bravo. I think that's such a neat thing to do. Um, But have you found that it's a little bit hard to make the changes that you want to make because you're worried about what they're going to think or there are things that are sentimental because like this is how I grew up and this is what it looked like and I don't want to change that. Um, I'm so interested into that dynamic. Yeah, definitely. So we have, I have a great relationship with Brady's family and they actually live just six houses away. They in a different house in our neighborhood. So we're all really close and his sister lives in our neighborhood. 
So I have been a little bit nervous at times to do certain things to the house because everyone, his family is amazing and they've grown up with such a strong you know, spirit and a strong um, family unit. And so I haven't wanted to just go wrecking everything, but uh, Brady did have one day where we had ripped out the mantles, the fireplaces that he came home and the contractor was there. And he was a little bit just taken aback by the emotions that he was feeling and seeing all that ripped out. Um, And we just did the yard too. And he felt the same way because of all the work he and his mom and his family had put into that. And so Um, yes, it has been a little bit tricky, but it's also been really fun. They've been really supportive and we've loved making it our own and updating it. So it's been fun. Um, I'm glad that you have that good relationship with his family because, um, and I have a great relationship with my mother-in-law, but I got to tell you, if I was going to go into a house that she had decorated and designed and was making a bunch of changes to it, I know that I would be hearing about it. Yeah, <laughs> right? it's definitely sensitive territory. <laughs> Luckily, she's awesome. And I think that that was kind of, I mean, when we started the process of buying their house, we're like, this is going to be what it's going to be. Can we all handle it type thing? And <laughs> is everybody going to yeah, be okay? <laughs> because we are going to be changing it. And I mean, I think it's kind of nice to know because someone else would have done the exact same thing, you know, had we not bought it and it, then they'd never be able to revisit it again, you know? So it's been fun to continue to gather there now that we're done with like most of the stuff that we want to do um, to have them gather in our home again and just all the fond memories. It's that goes back to that like spirit of the home. Like mm-hmm. I felt such a good, calming, you know, wholesome feeling when I was in their home while we were dating and growing up. And so I wanted to emulate that in our new home. And it seems easier when I know it's been done before within yeah. those same walls. So, and I really do believe that homes have spirits. Totally. I, I absolutely believe that you can tell when you walk into a home, mm-hmm. if it has a good feeling or a bad feeling. Um, and I, I bet that is really a neat thing for his family to be able to keep that home in the family rather than having it go to somebody that is outside of the family that they don't know and can't control because nothing is harder than going back and looking at a house that you lived in and having it be like a train wreck yeah right it's sad it's like really emotional but it was so lovely and look what you've done I mean we're going through the process of we just sold this house. Yeah. Actually, we're renters now of it, the house that we're in right now. Um, and we close on our new house today, actually. Exciting. It's exciting. And moving out of this house, though, we both have had a very hard time coming to grips with it because yeah. it's like, oh, but we put so much work into it and we loved it so much. And we have so many memories here. Luckily, I think the people who bought our house are going to take care of it as well. Yes. But it's hard to hear. In fact, when we did a little walkthrough with them, she mentioned to me, she said, um, so we have a a sprinter van. Um, and I'm not sure where we're going to park it. I wonder if we could just tear out all this landscaping (laughs) on the, on the side of our house and, and just pave it. And I was like, Yes, you could. It's like so hard. I think you could, but I like it like this too. But yes. you have to just like let go of control and go. It's not my house anymore, and to kind of just detach yourself from it. I yeah. We renovated the last house we were in too, and it's in our same neighborhood. We just can't get away. But it's so hard to see it, and then just to know what you've poured into it. Just like yeah. you said. Once you've put in the work, it becomes yours. And I honestly think that's kind of like music too, not to draw a really far-fetched parallel, but like when you're putting in the effort, you take pride in your work type Mm -hmm. thing. So I don't know. We see that with our students. The more effort you put in, the more you get out. 
Yeah. I think that's true with anything. Yeah. Right. Definitely. If you work really hard at it and you know that you gave it your very best. Yeah. It's much more rewarding when it comes to fruition and, and is going well. Yeah. Um, so you have kind of a busy life, you know, <laughs> right? just, just like everyone, just keeping afloat, running a booming business that is growing um, and growing your family. Tell us yes. about your family. Yeah, so we have um, a five-year-old daughter, Claire, and she was kind of the reason why we started the business in the first place. It was just out of sheer necessity that I couldn't continue that workload. Um, And then we got the surprise of a lifetime when we found out we were having twins. And so we have twins that are turning three this summer. And it's so fun, so good. We finally, with getting into our new house, it's amazing how it's provided just more balance for our life when we have a place for our things and a laundry Mm -hmm. room that work you know like that functions and it's really cool to see when your house is in order your life can kind of fall back in order um and I would take that one step further I always tell clients when your home reflects who you are speaks to what inspires you feels like a place of peace it literally changes your life yeah it's not just function it has to be beauty and function and people will say like what does it matter? It's just curtains or it's just artwork or it's just a throw pillow. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't make that big of a difference. And I'm like, oh no, let me show you. It, it really does make yeah. a huge difference, right? In yeah. just the feeling of your home. Totally. I, so we had this really cool experience, you know, last year was crazy. 2020 was crazy. And for our business being a small business, um, it was really scary at yeah. times. And we, um, like everyone else, we had to go remote. And so we transitioned and pivoted all of our lessons Zoom. And we typically, like I told you, do these crazy big recitals all in person with food trucks and fun. And we had to pivot and change how we did that. And so what we ended up doing was these Zoom recitals, but it was amazing because it was from the comfort of all their own homes. And we got to see a little glimpse into every home and every family. And it was so special to see... Um, and we had a parent reach out to us and just basically say like during these turbulent, it was the day of the earthquake. If you remember that. Oh yeah. It was my, the day after my birthday. Yes. Yeah. I, rem- I remember. I remember we talked about the trauma of that week it many was times. Honestly the worst, but this mom texted us and said, I can't even tell you how grateful I am to hear my daughter practicing for the zoom event, playing amazing grace through our home. She's like the peace and you know, the things that it's brought into our family are so needed right now during these turbulent times. And I love that about music because it you will never be too old. You will never have not enough opportunity. It's just such a timeless investment. Um, and I, I we're obviously so passionate about bringing it and making it a part, you know, of every home because it's so special. Okay, so I have some piano teacher questions for yes. you. What age should you be starting your child in piano? And is it kind of a one size fits all or should what type of child should start at which age? Yeah, I love that question. And this is honestly the question I get asked the most often. So I say a couple of things. I think that attention span is a really big thing. They've got to be able to sit for 30 minutes. Um, The second is an introduction to letters and numbers. So, you know, kindergarten age, my daughter's in kindergarten and we just started her because she can identify letters and numbers. Um, the biggest thing though, honestly, is a desire. So you're, the student needs to have a desire to be there for it to be the right time. And it's not a one size fits all, uh, parents know their kids best. If they're thriving in school, they're going to thrive in lessons. Um, and if school's more of a challenge, it may be of benefit to hold off a couple of years. Um, totally dependent on 
the kid and we do so my second most asked question is do we start with piano versus another instrument and yes we believe that you should start with piano it's kind of why we're called the piano place even though we teach violin and guitar and drums and all the things Mm. um because the fundamentals that you learn in piano set you up for success in any other instrument and it's like size wise guitar is kind of hard to hold viol you know so mm-hmm. we just say piano is a perfect place to start and then build on that and foundation. go from there mm-hmm. um what types of children succeed in piano okay yeah so i it's hard to i have this visual if you can picture a quadrant with four sections and in the top left corner we have students that are naturally they have a natural ability and they work hard and in the bottom right quadrant it's like no work hard and they don't work hard and they don't have a natural ability so if you can picture they're like four different areas we I think any child can succeed in music lessons if they're willing to work hard that's the common denominator it does take a lot of work um but children that are inve- or interested in any type of musical and anything like that, even kids that are good at math will be good at music. Like you said, there's a more logical side of music and there's a more artsy. And so it really caters to both. And I find myself right in the middle. I love the theory, but I also love the like, you know, expression and all those things. Mm-hmm. So any type of student can succeed if they are going to put forth the work the only students that I ever tell parents you know like this really isn't working um, maybe we should take a break or change gears is if they're unwilling to work and there's no natural inclination or desire to be there hmm interesting I I find it admirable though that you're you're willing to have those conversations like this is just not a good fit or this is just not the right time um, so maybe come back in a few years or, or something like that. It's super rare. Honestly, it's more when the parent comes to me and says, we are fighting tooth and nail. This is impacting my relationship with my child. And I, if I can see that they have no natural ability, no natural inclination to be musical and they hate it and they're not working hard. That's the only time I'm ever like, you know what, let's switch gears. And I can honestly say I've maybe had that conversation twice in my 15 years of teaching because anyone can work hard. Any child can get there. Can dig deep and work hard. Yeah. I'm (laughs) partially asking that question for myself because I have a middle child who is extremely bright and very naturally talented. And she had perfect pitch at four years old and man, she doesn't want to practice so hard. She doesn't want to sit there. She just has a really short attention span. So you know, I'm, I'm figure I'm trying to figure that out right now. Yeah. We're, 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 we're thinking through the best next yeah. steps. Um, how often should a child be practicing each week? So we, so what we do is when they, when a student comes into the piano place, they meet with their teacher and they set up goals. And so the goals are kind of an alignment of the parents' expectations, the teacher's expectations and what the student's willing to put forth. So we find a blend that satisfies all three people and it's different for every kid based on their goals based on you know their attention span their age their level Um, my daughter right now is doing 15 minutes a day for five days a week and then she earns her points at the store but when I was teaching I had some of my I just had a student get into Harvard and I'm so happy for her she's graduating this year Um, but she was practicing an hour and a half a day you know But that's because she loved it. And so it's just really amazing. We, we're really big on finding 
a blend where the student has kind of some autonomy in saying what they are willing to do and what they're willing to put forth so it's their decision and not just something that you know they're being told to do kind of going back to that contract they have to commit up front it's a family commitment um more than just the parents putting them in something so what would you say to those parents who are like in the trenches of trying to get their children to just stick with it that it will pay off eventually this this is what we're so passionate about and this is because music is one of the only tools that we can use in this modern age of technology with instant gratification at our fingertips music is one of the most fundamental tools that we can use to teach our kids that good things come when we wait and when we work hard and so I always tell them music is a marathon and not a sprint it's just like fitness that's the only other thing I can really tie this to it's a personal journey Um, you're not competing against anyone but yourself typically and for kids it's hard to go on a fitness journey but for kids to go on a music journey where they have to discover they have to be accountable to a teacher you know it's hard to walk in when you've messed up and didn't practice all week but you're learning accountability and these are kind of some of the life lessons we our tagline is making more than musicians because these music lessons are about a lot more than just proficiency um so we tell that to parents all the time is you are teaching character building grit sticking with something resilience through keeping them in their lessons yeah it's so 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 important to us I was going to tell you so we in 2019 we set a theme which was music is and we left it blank and let the kids fill in what music is to them um and that was at a recital and we got to hear what music was to each of the kids and then it culminated in this benefit concert you might be familiar I know they're from this area but the Barton family um Anne Marie Barton who had a daughter Sophie who had was a great musician and had passed she passed away I actually did a big story on her when she passed away yes. and and I did a follow-up story when I was at KSL did you so, yeah there's yeah. such an incredible yes. family and I uh, Sophie and I were the same grade and so I was really impacted by her story and her legacy and so we did a benefit concert for her where we did a documentary on 10 of our teachers about what music truly is to them and at the final, like at the end, we got to hear from Anne Marie and her husband about, you know, what music has been to them and healing through Sophie's loss. And I just, it was so amazing because we are dealing with, we are coping with big problems through music. Um, and for me personally, uh, we just recently lost a baby. And so through the process of miscarriage, I've been able to find a lot of solace in my music, just sitting in my sanctuary, my music room. Um, But more than that, like in that benefit concert, music to me was hope. And um, I'm from, I went to Alta High School just here in the Valley. And our student body president, who was a dear friend of mine, Landon Lowry, he... um, I used to babysit him. Did you? Mm -hmm. Do you know that? I went to Alta too. Oh my heck. Okay. So they're our next door neighbors. Oh, are you serious? (laughs) We love them. I love them. They are the dearest family. They really are. I can't believe you know them. But Landon was such a special person in my life and... Um, he died by suicide in 2017 and it has been transformational for me and just my perspective on what's important in life. But there's a song called Everglow by Coldplay. Um, and it was sung at his funeral and I have since played it so many times and I think about him every time. 
And so I've, I've grieved, I've learned to cope. I've learned to feel hope in sadness through music. Yeah. I, I, I know that does. song is really significant to his family because his mom will post it on yeah. Instagram um, every time they're, you know, on his birthday or, or the anniversary of his yeah. death. Um, it's clear that you're super passionate about music and it it's contagious. I think music is one of those things that when you hear a song or you um, hear a beautiful piece of music, it has the ability to almost, it almost burns something in your memory, doesn't it? Yeah. And it makes you think of really specific things or really specific people. It's kind of like a smell when you smell it, it is, yeah. something that reminds you of your childhood. I feel like music has that same power and that same ability. Yeah. And, you know, I so vividly remember... I mentioned my sister's a really talented mm -hmm. musician and, and I remember laying underneath her, p the piano bench while she was practicing, listening to her play Moon Moonlight Sonata. And I still have it memorized. And I'd be like, Nope, you missed a key. You She'd could tell. Like, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I got it. You know? And I'd be like, Nope, that's off, you know? And yeah. And she'd go back and play it again. Um, okay. So at the very up beginning of this episode, I actually said, uh, viewers, you guys probably didn't catch that. I think Kelton probably caught it because we were talking about TV and I'm so used to saying viewers, uh, where can our listeners find you? Yeah, definitely. So we are, um, social media, our presence is, you know, not our bread and butter, but we love to be on and connect with social. So it's at the piano place on Instagram. And then we also have a website, www.thepianoplaceutah.com. And we are always posting things that we're doing on there. But if you, old or young, if you have any desire to have music be part of your home, it's never too late. And we would love to, we do a free first lesson. So a free trial for anyone that wants to come try it. Where are all of your locations? Okay, let's see if I can do this. So we started it's in like Draper. naming children. I know. <laughs> we have two actually in Draper because we outgrew one. So, and then we have Lehigh, South Jordan, Farmington, Sugar House. Um, and we're announcing two more, which are, in the coming weeks, which will be really oh, exciting. Oh, it's still top secret. I thought you were going to like share? break the news on here. No, you're going to wait. We'll we'll share one of the two okay, because one. it's a done deal. Okay. So um, we are going to be going up to Morgan, Utah, the small town of Morgan, and we are going to be opening up there. Um, such a fun small town vibe. We have an incredible teacher up there who's heading it up and we're excited to get up there too. So congratulations on Thank all you. of your success. Thank you. And thanks for coming in. We loved being here. Thank you so much for having us. I'm Jennifer Stagg, and you've been listening to The Heart of the Home. I hope you'll subscribe, review, and rate this podcast, and tune in next episode for more Heart of the Home. Thank you so much for listening.